Hey y'all, this is Jordan. I just wanted to say that this episode today contains descriptions of survivors of sexual violence. And now, I hope you enjoy our discussion with Christina. I kind of feel like Lander is that place. It's that place where you can let your children walk down the street, ride down the street, say, yeah, go over to Palace Pharmacy and go get a scoop of ice cream and then come back and know that like your neighbor's going to be like, I saw a little coyote throwing ice cream. Like someone's going to report back. You cannot be anonymous in this town. Oh, no. And for that, I feel very thankful that they are getting that that raising, that rearing, where they are reared not only by me and my husband, but by the adopted family we have created in this town, by other aunties and uncles and and new people. I mean, they are raised in a place where, like, if someone says, hey, knock it off, you knock it off. Yeah, yeah, this is the today on Dear Lander. Welcome, this is Dear Lander, <laughs> uh, the purely Land Diego podcast. It's my newscaster voice. I love it. We have a very special guest. Well, I'm Jordan, I'm Amara. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're Again, excited. we have a very special guest, Christina. Christina Well, you know, like I'm fresh off the griddle from the Middle Fork vibe, mm. and I smell like an onion. So I think you category smell really good, actually. Do I smell like French fries? Yes, but in a good way. You know what it is? It's the lavender and peppermint that I put on at five thirty this oh, morning. Mm. Perfect. It's like good. Combo <laughs> Do you know how many girls fries, and guys I've bagged with that scent? Oh, so many. So many. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Part of that is a joke, but which part? We should find out. We should find <laughs> out. <laughs> so just off from the Middle Fork. Mm-hmm. Fresh we're off just, the Middle Fork train. We're just vibing. Yeah, it was um, unexpectedly emotional to walk out of there and... Um, like Because I know it's not a goodbye because I'm still going to do the first Friday events, but... That place, and I'm using um, shout-outs to Jenna Ackerman. I know you guys are big on the shout-outs. So mm-hmm. Jenna Ackerman, when she was coming up on the 10-year anniversary last year, and was um, this was just before she had sold it to the new owners, she had done a reflection about how uh, the Middle Fork was a place that caught people, and that really stuck with me because I was in full fall, like full free fall, Um, fresh off the heels with some pretty big life-changing events and the middle fork totally caught me and and now I'm walking away from that place and back into the big girl world and part of that is really scary and part of it is really exciting it was you know most places when you're leaving a job you're either going to be somewhere that is taking you to the next professional step or it's because it's a super toxic environment. And part of that for me is true. And it was not a toxic environment. And I got to know some really beautiful people in this town and talk to a lot of amazing characters that have lived here their entire life or that are just coming through and they're fresh off the boat and they're just big eyed and so curious about Lander in general and Wyoming in the macro. And I got to be a part of their day and that is something I'm deeply going to miss. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. 
I will say, well, one, I think you kind of captured the vibe of Lander that we always talk about of like, it kind of catches you in a way that is unexpected. And then you get to meet like people who've been here their whole lives or people who are just popping through. And it's just such a vibrant and wonderful thing. But I will also say you've been a big part of my like Lander experience. What? Yeah. Girl. <laughs> of course. Like. From, like, the time I moved here, I can just remember you, like, always being here and just being, like, balls to the wall, badass. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah. Obviously. So fun. We did the vagina monologues together. We did. Oh. We brought the vagina. And that was a Christina thing. She was like, I want to do this thing. And I was like, cool, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I want to bring it back, dude. Resurrect yeah. it. Because I think the hard thing about the monologues is this, is that it's the same. And this is no shade thrown to Eve Ensler, but it's the same monologues. And it's a similar format. And like we tried to do it a mm-hmm. different way the second year that we did it. But I think it's been a number of years that like the monologues need to come back. And with everything that we're experiencing nationwide mm-hmm. with reproductive justice and access, and especially locally, I think it's time that we resurrect the vagina monologues. And let's talk about vaginas. Yeah, I think we should because that is a great moment talking about kind of... I would be so curious to see how we would do it differently based on your like knowledge now. Mm-hmm. So tell us what you do. Tell us about your life. Oh, tell you about my life. Yes. Um, well, I like to say that I'm a stay-at-home domestic goddess. Oh, yeah, you and, are. And um, part of that is because I think the old verbiage was a stay-at-home mom. And that does not bring enough brevity. That does not bring enough depth to what the person who stays at home does, whether you are cis, female, male, or non-binary. I think the person who is at the domestic domicile doing the laundry, doing the cleaning, doing the organizing, scheduling all the people to be in the places and to bring the food to the home and to cook the food that came to the home, to be able to accomplish all of those and like get to bed and maybe talk to your partner afterwards, maybe watch a show. Maybe you're going to have sex later. I don't know. Maybe you're just going to have a cup of tea. But to tie the day off in a beautiful bow, I think is a goddess thing to do. And I'd like to say that I've been doing that for the last year. Hell yeah. Mm. And now I am completing my time at the Middle Fork. That caught me after my nanny passed away. My mother passed away. I walked away from my job. I was um, finishing my bachelor's in nursing. And I'm headed back to the professional world of nursing at a clinic. And I am still trying to figure out how to get a more consistent presence with my experience um, in sexual assault services in Fremont County. I also am a very big advocate for comprehensive sex education and trying to figure out how maybe I can bring that into my professional world in the coming months and year. Um, And then also I volunteer for Chelsea's Fund, which is a nonprofit organization that provides financial services as well as some emotional and transportation and yeah, all around, yeah, family planning stuff. What is that like doing all of that work in Lander? Like what has your experience been? Good, bad, mediocre, fantastic? Like, Like what is that like? Yeah, It's a lot of creativity. And I started in 2016. It was probably November 7th, 2016. I reached out to um, Christine Lichtenfels, who I knew to be a local advocate and board member of Chelsea's Fund, which at that time it was known as Women, Wyoming Women for Women. 
Um, and I, we met, we met for coffee and I was like, Hey, Donald Trump is our president. I have a son. I know I'm going to have more children, but I need to do something. And what can I do? And I want to volunteer for Chelsea's fund. So how can I fit into your capacity? And so I started off as a phone volunteer, just um, answering the phone and providing financial assistance and guidance to individuals who were seeking termination procedures. And um, at then it was super easy. Like I get on the phone, I'd have a like a 10 minute phone call with someone. Sometimes I would provide the emotional support of their like, I'm 20 weeks pregnant and we wanted this baby so much and now we like it's not a viable pregnancy and I don't know what to fucking do. We would get calls of the spectrum of people who would, you know, have wanted this pregnancy so badly and then things were, you know, the organs would be backwards or the brain had not developed and it was these very desperate, very sad, complicated situations. And then you would have people who were like multi-children mothers who were seeking termination services because they have no insurance, they can't get on Medicaid, they have no support from a partner, they they are a stay-at-home domestic goddess, and they're needing to create family birth control. Or, I'm sorry, I really retract that, but they're creating control within their life mm-hmm. for stability and security. And then you do have some of those individuals who were like, I had a one night stand and whoopsie daisy and like, I can't have this baby with my life right now. So you had the spectrum of people who were just calling and telling you these things. And it was always like, no questions asked. We're here to financially support you. And then it became, we're here to financially, emotionally support you. We're here to provide you a space. And that was probably the vibe until 2021. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when, when all the shits hit the fan and like bill after bill started coming through our legislature in the state of Wyoming and at the federal level. And then last summer, as we all remember, in June of 2022, the federal government overturned Roe v. Wade. And then it was simultaneously this flood of money and donations and support of like, can I drive? Can I volunteer? Can I answer the phone? What do you need? Here's my money. This is the only thing I can do because I live in Guatemala. Like Mm. so much support was coming from all corners of the world with all different types of support. Now we are providing, you know, this comprehensive service of advocacy, of emotional support. We're providing an understanding of the medical industrial complex, which is super complicated if you have no understanding of that. Mm. And not a lot of people outside of the provider world do. So it's been complicated, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it's been good because there is such a vibrant color of individuals who were needing assistance from partners calling on behalf of their, of their pregnant individual to single mothers, to young women, to women who are in their 50s and they're just like, I have no clue how I got pregnant. I mean, it's everybody looking for help and Our mission is to provide financial assistance, no matter what the cost, no matter what the situation, no matter what the socioeconomic background for that person, because it's basic health care. And when like last night I had a call from a young girl who was in a complete tailspin and it was like, listen, our mission is this. I've got you. And you could just hear her be like, I want to trust you, but I can't, but I'm going to try. And in just like reiterating that and... That's been my experience is just like, holy shit. And then also like, (laughs) this is super easy. And now it's like, holy shit. Yeah. 
first, thank you for doing all of that work. Yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of people to get it done, and you are very welcome. I mean, it's not just me. It's people from the state of Massachusetts, from up in the northern corners of the state of Wyoming. We have volunteers in every corner of the state. I mean, our our goal for the next few years is to try to pull all of those individuals who are supportive of reproductive access out of the closet and to say, yes, I support this mission. I support this initiative. I support reproductive access. Also say, yes, I'm I'm of this religious background or yes, I I practice this denomination or you know, I didn't believe in abortions before this moment, but now I do because I had a pregnancy and the baby wasn't going to survive outside of my uterus. I mean, it takes everybody to be able to come forward and say, we need to have access. And when you crumble one, I'm going to go on a soapbox if I can just pull that box out. Go for it. Yeah. (laughs) Get up on it, girl. Okay, here I go. Me stepping on it. When you take down one form of healthcare, and this is coming at you from a nurse, when you take one form of healthcare, one pillar of healthcare down, it leaves a door open for other pillars to fall. It leaves the door open for PrEP medication, for um, PrEP is uh, preventative or prophylactic exposure or pre-exposure medications for AIDS and HIV. It takes away access to that. It can take away birth control for individuals. We're seeing in our own state, it takes away the transgender affirming care. It opens all of these doors to be able to say, I want control over this aspect of your life. And I'm sorry, but that is A, not the equality state, which is our state motto. And B, that is not land of the fucking free. And that's the United States. So, mm. I'm going to put that soapbox away. Wow. Good soapbox. Yo, Good soapbox. So, you and I ran into each other at White Bark, and I got to sit down and have some coffee with you. We kind of talked a little bit about your experience in Lander, also mentioning, like, Trump presidency and what you felt, what, like, your experience in Lander with, um, like, the sweet spot, I mm-hmm. guess, when you've been here. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And how those two things kind of the time period, 2021, what you're talking about. Just these conversations running adjacent. Mm -hmm. Can you speak a little bit to that? Yeah, tell me about the sweet spot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, she adjusts every every year. I mean, every month, depending on the year, that ovulation flow, which shout out to all the individuals with uterus and uh, G-spot havers. You got to know where that is because she adjusts. And if you have questions. (laughs) If you have questions, come to me. Christina. Come to me. With a C-O-M-E, not a C-U-M. Um, God, this is like X-ray. <laughs> I am so here for it. Um, so I had explained to Jordan, um, he had asked me, so um, what do you like about Lander? Like, what's your experience with Lander? Yeah. And I said, I miss Lander. Mm. And that for me means that that there was this sweet spot around like 2010 you know Mm -hmm. people had somewhat begrudgingly accepted the obama presidency and we were like all right we recovered from the 2008 recession he had gotten his next election cycle in 2012 and around 2014 you know they're starting the the next election cycle which i think is like the like the Walmart Halloween situation or Valentine situation or Christmas situation where like Christmas starts in September and it's like, let's get through Halloween and Thanksgiving before we put the Christmas stuff out. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. So we started that, that election cycle 
And I remember that 4th of July, it was just parade after parade float of people coming in for the primaries in 2014. And it was just like, holy crap, like already? That's how it felt last year. That's how that shit happens (laughs) too. It's like every year for real. It's like every every other year there is an election cycle and that's just too damn much. Mm -hmm. It's too much for us to process. So that sweet spot just seemed to be like there was acceptance, there was tolerance, there was moving forward. Because as I think as humans, that's all we can do is continue to move forward is like accept and move forward. And then it was like in 2016, we all woke up the next day and it was just like, this man is president. He has no fucking political experience. But you know what? He did a damn good job on that show, that reality show. Mm -hmm. And... (laughs) <laughs> and then it's just like divisive thing after divisive thing. And then I think the crux for me came when one of the first individuals came out to speak against Trump about their sexual assault experience about this man. And I was sitting in my car. I had just gotten off of a shift at the dialysis center. And I remember staying in my car a few seconds longer and just crying because this woman was talking about her sexual assault experience related to Trump. And and she'd said, when you've been sexually assaulted, you live that day every day. You relive that moment every moment in certain aspects harder than others. And from my own sexual assault experience, that resonated with me because it's like, yeah, that asshole that raped me on the bathroom floor when I was 16 years old, he gets to go and live his life. But I have to remember that moment every fucking step I take. And that was the moment that I realized, like, this is our president. And that was when shit blew open, worlds got divided, neighbors started putting up flags, and you knew where you stood politically. And Lander became this place where this is my yard, this is my flag, this is my po- these are my politics, this is my home. And it was not like that when I first moved here. And that is what I miss, is not that representation of politics with pride before neighborly love when did you move here i moved here may 5th picture it (laughs) may 5th picture it may 5th 2007 (laughs) i drove in in a ford explorer with front wheel drive (laughs) which was like the fucking worst type of car to have in this area but it was snowing and I pulled into Sinks Canyon and I'm setting up my tent and it's, again, it's snowing and not just like, oh, how cute, it's white. It's snowing. Yeah, it's like uh-huh. wet and heavy. Wet oh. and heavy and I'm wearing shorts and flip-flops and I'm trying to set up a tent at the mouth of Sinks Canyon. And then I woke up the next morning and all the snow was gone. Yep. Mm. And, I, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I had pancakes at Open Door Cafe. Oh. Yeah. Do you know about Open Door Cafe? Briefly. I don't... I feel like I have no recollection of that. Tell me about Open Door Cafe. Hashtag Open Door Cafe was owned by Andy Hill and her husband at the time, also named Andy. Don't know his last name. Andy is no longer Hill, but she's Mm. had many um, beautiful iterations of her life form. But Andy and Andy owned Open Door, and it was over... It is currently White Bark. Oh, it was So right there, there was a block... Yeah, there was a block of restaurants. The Magpie had been there. Open Door was there. Then the fire came in like 2009, 2010 time frame. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, took down the magpie. Mm-hmm. Sad times. I, yeah, I remember that. Can that I tell day. you a funny story? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there I am. Picture it. <laughs> <laughs> Please start every story like that, though. Um, so For our I, listeners, we have to say, you have to talk about your earrings. I'm wearing these fucking amazing earrings that have Sophia, Mother Sophia, from the Golden Girls, and so that's why I keep saying picture. <laughs> and they're amazing too. Yeah, it's oh, a they totally do. <laughs> yeah, it's a picture of Sophia with the grumpiest of all grump faces, and it's her handbag in the picture too. Mm-hmm. Her wicker handbag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's holding it like this. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. because what is Sophia without her handbag? Without her handbag. So there I was. Picture it. There was a gentleman who, at that time in 2005, was the director of the Tucson, Arizona Knowles branch. Mm. And at that time, I was selling sex toys out of the back of my car. It's less sketchy than it sounds. (laughs) Continue. (laughs) Tell me more. But I was um, traveling cross country with a bunch of sex toys in the back of my car. I was taking my first Knowles course, first and only Knowles course, and... Um, the students knew from our dinner beforehand that I was a traveling sex toy saleswoman and they were like, Hey, you got to figure out a way to bring this out the next morning. And so as we're like going through our packing the bag, packing our gear stuff, somebody or the, one of the instructors was like, Hey, um, so now we're going to like figure out some pastime activities that we can bring into our bag. (laughs) So, 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 so everyone kind of looks at me and I'm like, I got you. I got you guys. So I run to my car, I get a toy, I bring it back out and I'm like, Oh, 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 me. They bring me up front and they're like, great. Christina, like, what's your, what's your pastime activities? And I'm like, here is this blue, stick it against any type of wall, silicone dildo. And it was like this vibrant cobalt blue for personal pleasure. On a granite wall in, in the winds. It's like yeah. a pingora, like pretty yeah. much, you know, like that's. <laughs> and bless his heart. The instructor looked at it kind of side-eyed, like, ooh, ah, well, I mean, maybe. And by that afternoon, the the you know the rumor, the story, the experience of this Knoll student from the Southwest Branch bringing a dildo out had made its way up to the uh, Knoll's headquarters building. No way! <laughs> <laughs> Famous before I moved here. <laughs> Yo. So I uh, so this gentleman I don't I don't want to name him on on air. You know who you are. Um, so he was the director at the Knoll Southwest Branch at that time. He walks into the open door and he looks at me and I look at him and I avert eye contact. And then he comes over and he's like, were you the student? And I was like, yes, I was. That is me. What was the question? Do you guys get that a lot? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, open door. Circling open back door. around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Door. open door cafe. So yeah. that was my experience. That was my first day in Lander. So what made you move to Lander? Ooh, also a good question. Mm-hmm. I had just come back from living in Nicaragua. I was a Peace Corps volunteer, a health corps or health Peace Corps volunteer down there. And I came home and I was like, well, pretty sure I'm not going to find the man of or woman of my dreams down here. So we're just going to figure out the next step. And I reached out in my small social network of people um, like, hey, I'm looking for a job. I'll apply for anything. I'll move anywhere. And Rachel Dreyer, she was one of my instructors on this Knowles course at the Southwest branch. And she was like, hey, there's actually a job opening up in my in my immediate vicinity. So you should apply for it. I did. I got the job. I came bounding down the stairs of my parents' home. And I was like, I'm moving to Wyoming. 
married. I'm moving to Lander. And my dad's like, do you even know where Lander is? And I was like, I don't even know where Wyoming is, but I'm gone in a month. <laughs> Deuces. Deuces. I'm out. <laughs> and I packed up said exploder and in a month and I moved cross country. That's awesome. Mm. That is awesome. So then what led you to healthcare mm. after that? Tell us about your timeline. The timeline. Sophia. <laughs> Sophia Loren. Not the same Sophia, but also still important and amazing. Oh, yes. As a Hispanic Latina woman. So I moved here. Um, I did, I guess it's called like, quotes, the Knoll scene where I worked for Knowles for $9 an hour, which I thought was so much money. Isn't that funny? Like yeah. your first like kind of adulty job. Like, this is so much money. Dude, my first paycheck was 500 bucks and I was like, shit, I'm bala. <laughs> like I could buy so much beer. Yeah. Like it's kind of out of control. I think at that time it was like, I could buy this longboard skateboard. I could buy this gear. Yeah, when mm-hmm. I got hired to be a counselor at Sinks Canyon Camp, I think I got paid eleven fifty, and it was like perspective I was is everything. It in. Yeah, yeah, it really is about perspective. I mean, nine fifty an hour felt like so much so to me much at that money. time. So I worked at Knowles, and then I transitioned to outdoor education slash Gannett Grill slash nanny slash EMT for a number of years until I went to nursing school. I had a very Excuse me, beautiful experience with a couch surfer who was doing the um, the biking tour cross country. And she was like, you'd be an amazing nurse. And I was like, stop it. I can paint houses for, for the rest of my life. And she's like, no, seriously, you would be an amazing nurse. And my dad, bless his heart, had always told me from high school times that... I have a knack for anatomy. I have a knack for talking to people. My goal since I had been in high school was to always be about sex education, reproductive health, and whatever means possible. So those two things started to swirl in my little stoner brain at that time. And I looked at the CWC program in Riverton, applied. I got a few scholarships and I took my EMT certification into the nursing world. Um, And I've been a nurse since 2014, and I'd like to say that I've done it all, but there's still a few avenues that I know I haven't done. But I certainly have seen a lot, experienced a lot, and I'm absolutely a better human for all of it. That's so good. Do you still like right. to nur- like like nursing? Like, oh, I love nursing. Yeah. I love being a nurse. I love being able to talk to people and figure out care plans and just learn about people's like day-to-day experience and mm-hmm. and I mean there are people that yeah, will treat you like garbage and that you don't know what you're doing and you're an elitist for having so many other degrees, but I think when it comes down to it, I mean, to me being a nurse is like how I look at mechanics. I mean, I am in awe of mechanics because they know how the inside of a car works. Like they can, like, well, I mean, maybe not now because everything's fucking electric, but I mean, a mechanic like my papo could like take a, like a tuning horn and listen to parts of an engine and know what was wrong with it. And I think that that is just the coolest thing to have like a skill set. And that's kind of how I feel about nursing is that you can like hear a rhythm in somebody's heart. You can hear a sound in somebody's belly. You can look, I mean, I look at being a waitress. I look at people's hands all the time and I'm like, oh, you like to smoke. I can see those fingernails all puffed up (laughs) Mm. or I can look at someone's skin or look at their eyes. And I just see these things about humans. And I, I love being able to have that like secret inner knowledge, but also being able to like help people and maybe that's my capricorn sign that i just are you cap i'm total cap when's your birthday december 24th so technically i'm a cap sad so i got the best of both worst worlds i'm on the other edge of that uh you're a capricorn so you're more deeply capricorn oh 
Yeah, January 17th. I'm a Taurus. Mm. Hey. You got big feelings about things. I have so many big feelings, and I love to nap. I will give you the horns and then eat cheese and nap. <laughs> <laughs> um, both of my children are solidly within their astrological sign as well, and I love that for Coyote because he is just so tender but so rough and so like both like very soft and very hard i mean he's just this beautiful creature and then there's fucking penelope like scorpio like i love a scorpio oh yeah i mean that girl's gonna be our first madam president if Mm. god bless we do not have a female president by then but what has it been like seeing your kids grow up here Mm. you know when I listened to y'all's first episode, because I'm a girl of research, <laughs> I wrote down some notes. What Your first episode it reminded me of a conversation I had with my pops many, many, many moons ago about um, the movie Dennis the Menace. Mm-hmm. It was a 90s movie that came oh, out. Yes. And I, I remember, remember so do you remember how like they open up and it's this really beautiful scene where like mm-hmm. children are riding down the street with like in the middle of the street with like no care in the world and neighbors are waving hello. I mean, it's almost, I mean, it's too picturesque for sure. Mm-hmm. But I remember telling my dad like, man, I want to, I want to move somewhere like that. And my dad was all like, nowhere in the world lives like that. Like uh-huh. that's not America. And, and in a way he was kind of right. I mean, there's certainly some like rough places and especially where he worked at the time, you see the worst of the worst. And he was an ER, he is an ER physician, but I kind of feel like Lander is that place. It's that place where you can let your children walk down the street, ride down the street, say, yeah, go over to palace pharmacy and go get a scoop of ice cream and then come back and know that like, your neighbor's going to be like, I saw a little coyote throwing ice cream. Like, someone's going to report back. You cannot be anonymous in this town. Oh, no. And for that, I feel very thankful that they are getting that that raising, that rearing, where they are reared not only by me and my husband, but by the adopted family we have created in this town, by other aunties and uncles and and new people, I mean, they are raised in a place where, like, if someone says, hey, knock it off, mm-hmm. you knock it off. Because that yeah. parent will find your parent and <laughs> report back. And I think that that is just so beautiful. So that's, like, the beauty of it, right? The ugly is that I get very scared that my children are not going to know about diversity. They're not going to know about unhoused individuals they're not going to know about culture like I grew up going to an off-Broadway show many times a year where we would see Cats or Chorus Line or any show that was traveling through Norfolk Virginia we would see these shows and I want my children to be able to experience that and for all the lack of you know air quote access we have the performing arts in Lander brings so much to us, and it's up to the individuals to bring your child or children to those performing arts events. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also love that I can like take my kids to uh, Lander Live, and I throw a couple of capes on them, and I'm like, "All right, this is your safety border," and they run around, and then I can go, you know, snatch them out of the crew, and right. I think yeah. that's that's beautiful. That is, is beautiful. And I'm very, very fortunate to have found this place and created roots in a village. And I'm just, I'm just so thankful for the life that we live out here. Mm. Okay, so your notes for, yeah, episode one. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. What stuck out? What did you jot notes down? Are you talking oh. about like Jordan and me yeah. in episode one? Yeah. Uh, 
The debut. The, the debut. debut. Mm. Oh my gosh, it was so beautiful. It was like it was like listening to two friends that had I mean, you were making your dream come through. You were like living your wisdom, you were living your dream. And I think that that is all that we can do, right? Is like put ourselves in service of our dreams. So that way we can be game for anything, right? And not be fearful and just fucking go for it. You guys did that. I mean, I have so many thoughts about things that I want to do in my life. And yet, like maybe I've done a handful. Maybe I've done one. I don't know. But you guys are doing it. And hearing that just resonated in your cheerfulness and voices and the questions that you guys asked each other were so beautiful. And I'm going to have to... I mean, I remember feeling... Just larger than life after we did that one. We were like, Whoa. were you shaking from adrenaline afterwards? No, but I did just be like, I was like, like I just, <laughs> I you know? know, the fun thing is, is I mean, like we've known each other for so long at this point. I, there's no way really to explain camp. And I think mm. people who have been to camp, like any camp yeah. can like say that. They're right. like, there's no way to explain. How was it like camp band is. camp from American Pie um, or was it? It was student leadership yeah. camp. So like Ooh. student council. Yeah. Man. And I, he was my first counsel that I ever had as an adult. Mm-hmm. So I was his adult counselor. That's how we met. But we were like four years apart. And then fast forward and thinking about, I like have memories leading up to thinking about Dear Lander and like what it could be. But I specifically have this memory of that first episode where we came and sat down in here and I pressed play and we both looked at each and other we were just like, and it was like, whoa, <laughs> like we did a thing, you know? Yeah. And that was special. It was super special. And it's been amazing since there's, I mean, I will say this a million times. There's nobody else that I would do this with. Yeah. Same. You know? Yeah. Same. Well, I think the the part that resonated for me in listening to a few episodes was that um, it's like Lander is this life force. Lander is this bigger entity than just a city, right? There's smells. There's places. Mm -hmm. The smells. There's experiences of the middle school. Oh, that was something else. You guys went so (laughs) deep into middle middle school experience. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that shit shaped me, man. Middle school. Gonna, so well, you cool. said May two thousand seven, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I yeah. was. I so, had just like, a graduated high school. Then, my shit would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would change forever. That what a transitionary. Yeah. Yeah. The most like vivid of feelings. Oh man, massive feelings. No understanding of my body in any way, shape, yeah. or form because it was so different at that point. Yeah. And like, and like, yeah. I remember at that time, like, yeah. really thinking that I had like. That I had some sort of understanding of the world. And yeah. I mean, you do to an extent. But, like, I think about myself now compared to, like, my 18-year-old self. I'm yeah. like, honey. You. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? So what did you want to be when you were 18? Graduating from high school, who was Amara Fahim? Oh, there was no question that I was going into theater, like, obviously. Because mm. I had been doing theater since I was, like, five. Yeah, so yeah. that's been... And, And, like, I didn't do it all the way through elementary school, but I saw Oklahoma at the Jackson Hole Playhouse Uh. when I was in seventh grade. And from that moment, it was like there was no question to me that I was going to – I was always going to do it. I didn't want to do anything else. Mm -hmm. And so it's been really interesting to, like, have your dreams change but still be on course, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, like I'm still doing it, just not in the capacity that, like, your seventh grade self is like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that because – 
so many things changed for me in a lot of ways and not bad ways, but just like, like when I left, I remember I was just thinking about this the other day and my, you know, at graduation, they're like, and Amara is going to go blah, 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 blah. And like, <laughs> I had like listed like an outrageous amount of things. I was like, I'm going to study theater. I'm going to study music. I'm going to study education. I'm going to study graphic design, whatever. And I'm yeah. doing all of those things. You're doing randomly. it. I don't have degrees mm. in all of them, but no, I'm doing totally. them but you're all. Doing it. And that's really fun. And Jordan? Oh my God. At 18 years old, I don't even necessarily know. I like knew that I was going to be a communication major. I guess this is communication mm-hmm. in a way. You yeah, know? yeah, totally. This isn't like what so I. Broad. This is a passion project, though. Like, I don't, I don't get paid for it. My fiance uh, was international studies and Spanish. And she's got the communication job, but she works for the National Immigration Law Center. Well, and so, like, her journey, I feel like, came full circle, whereas mine also was influenced by things that I, I mean, SLC and Ryla and the camps yeah. that I did affected and kind of shaped my want to do AmeriCorps and then eventually get a social work degree. And now mm-hmm. I'm a therapist working with kiddos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's been so, I mean, just generally, like, because you grew up here, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that I don't know because obviously. And mm-hmm. so it's been really fun to like meet people that turns like, oh, this person, like the baseball episode. That one always comes up because like, yeah. what a random and wonderful thing, but I never would have known about that. So when you listen to it, let us know. Yeah. It's so interesting. So you were thrifting uh, in middle school, huh? Yeah. my I had a sister that was six years older than me. So she was in high school when I was in middle school. Thrift stores, um, Salvation Army is definitely the best thrift store because they would color uh, color organize everything. And we also had a lot of influence from the different branches of military that were in our area. Um, so we would find lots of Navy, like old Navy, uh, like uh, seaman jeans, not seaman, midshipman jeans. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in my head, I was like... <laughs> Like, but I know exactly what you were talking about, but it just didn't seem weird. I mean, it felt weird coming out of my mouth. That's what she said. <laughs> this is such a graphic episode. I know. This is our most steamy episode yet. Steamy. For sure. <laughs> um, so, if you could tell the community of Lander anything... What would you tell them? Oh, that's a hard one because I have so many. Give us your top three. Top three. Oh, good call. Okay, top three. Love thy neighbor. Mm -hmm. As religioso as that sounds, I think there is some fucking truth to that. I'm going to butcher this quote, and I'm so sorry for butchering it. But last year during commencement time at UW... I don't even want to give acknowledgement to the representative that came into UW that solely acknowledged gender as a non-binary construct of male and female. And Wyoming Equality came out with a response to that and invited this representative to come and say, hey, let's have lunch together. Let's talk about how gender is non-binary. It's not a binary construct. I think I misspoke. But um, they gave an analogy of how Wyoming was... Um, They give an analogy of like, I drive this truck, you drive this truck, but no matter, no matter what truck we we drive, if I see you in a ditch and a snow ditch, I'm going to pull you out because we can put our differences aside and we can, we can work with each other. And I, I miss that. 
I I would just say love thy neighbor would mm. be my top thing because I mean without community what else do we have we have a bunch of angry mobs running around each other and as I'm saying that I'm thinking of the George Floyd rally in 2020 mm-hmm. when there was like hundreds of people on one side of Main Street carrying George Floyd and peace and protest flags families myself included I had my 18 month old daughter with me and across the street, we had, what, like a couple dozen individuals carrying handguns, AR-15s. Yeah, we stood right across from them. Um, yeah. The gentleman with a sledgehammer. I mean, <laughs> you know, bunny hole on that. I That summer of 2020, I was in a class of, um, it was called um, Health Disparities. And I was doing a lot of looking at, like, health disparities within the state of Wyoming and within the area that I worked, which was on the Wind River Reservation, and just talking about, I mean, George Floyd was coming up, we're in the height of the pandemic. I mean, shit's getting on fire, literally and figuratively around us. And that rally happened, and I stood directly across the street from that gentleman and was just like, if he rushes us because his body language and posture and look on his face was just so over it. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I have this small human that I'm responsible for to get out of there. Yeah. And as, you know, as a mother, like my, like my thing is to like, I, I have to protect this child. And a few weeks after that rally, I'm in the grocery store and we pass each other in opposite directions. And I was like, that was that guy that was sledgehammer. And I was like, don't say anything, Christina. And then I was like, no, fuck it. And like turned around and went chasing after this guy with my little cart and my platform wedge shoes and was like, excuse me. That's me knocking on his muscly shoulder. Um, Do you have a minute? And he was like, yeah, hi, how are you? And I was like, my name is Christina Gonzalez. I just was wondering, were you the gentleman carrying a sledgehammer at the George Floyd rally two weeks ago? And he like, you know, shook his head and was starting to apologize. And we had this conversation and I was just wanting to understand, like, what possessed you to come to a peaceful demonstration carrying a sledgehammer with people carrying protest signs? Like, what did you actually think, having lived in Lander your entire life? Did you think that we were going to turn into Chicago and, like, riot and burn the fucking town down? And we had a productive conversation, and I ultimately was able to express to him that you scared me, and that is unacceptable. Like, this is... This is a small community and that is unacceptable to feel so threatened by my neighbor that I fear that I am going to die or that she is going to be killed, she being my daughter. I was like, that was unacceptable and you are responsible for that. And so that's why I say, love thy neighbor. We can be different. We can be separate from each other. We can stand on opposite sides of whatever spectrum, political, religious, sexual, gender identity. We can stand on opposite sides of everything. But we are still neighbors, and it is too small of a town to resent each other for those differences. And I don't know if I have any other top threes. I think that was that was the perfect one. <laughs> yep. Do you have a favorite smell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the last question we ask everyone, what is your favorite land or oh. smell? Oh, God. Okay. Um, the pressure of a smell. Okay, so there's a few. I'll start with the bad one. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, so there is a particular smell, um, and maybe it's not just, you know, isolated to Ant- to Lander, but there is a smell of unwashed body. Ooh. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. And it's a spectrum, right? Like, there's the unwashed camper, backcountry, adventurer mm-hmm. person. Yep. And that is very musky. Mm-hmm. And also, mm-hmm. like, when I smell it, I'm like, oh, man, you've been places. You're seeing yeah. things. Working hard. Yeah, yeah. You're doing stuff. And then there's the smell of the unwashed body who is unhoused. They are, you know, a... And I think I've smelt both, both as a nurse and as a person of this community where it's just like, ooh, that's a rich that's smell. smell. That's yeah. a rich smell. That is rich. But my my favorite smell is, okay, two favorite smells actually. Um, one is the smell of crushed sage. Many people have mentioned on your show mm-hmm. the smell of sage after it rains. Mm-hmm. I think it smells better when it's crushed. Like you accidentally step on it or I mm-hmm. accidentally drive mm-hmm. over it. Yeah. Especially in the red desert. It's a good smell. When you accidentally yeah. drive over it, man, it is odoriferous in the most consuming satisfying way. But my other favorite smell is when it is the dead of winter and I go walking around town during a fresh snowfall and the snow is so thick in the clouds that it's lingering over town and all the light is is reflecting down into a town and you, to town and you, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's not just the light that's that's trapped by the by the dense by the dense clouds but it's also the smell of wood burning stoves oh yeah it's the best mm, and yeah. my husband and I have a have a tradition of walking around our block with um, that fresh snow, and you can see it's like mm-hmm. you know England. Picture it, eight, <laughs> England, eighteen sixty nine, and you can see like all of the wood burning smoke just sitting in town, and you can smell it, and it just feels like man, we're it's so crisp. It's crisp and it's burnt, and it's all the different trees from like the cedar to the aspens to the to the pines and the whatever other fucking trees we have in this town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're all burning to keep us warm. And it's like, yeah, man, we're all in this winter together. And I think that is ultimately my favorite smell. Okay. Yeah. Yo, thank you. Yeah, you're Thanks welcome. For being here. This has been amazing. Shit. I love both of you guys. I love you. Yeah, love and you. I'm going to see you in October, November to collaborate for the vagina monologues. The vagines. Mm-hmm. The vagines. The vagines. And I'm definitely reaching out to you, Jordan, because whatever this new job I have, I want to do some community health nursing for the adolescents and get your artwork into another room. Amazing. This is Jordan. This is Amara. This is Dear Lander. Thanks, y'all. See you soon.